Good morning, this is Alapia, and I'm Mid Kid Mama from the Mid Kid Mama blog. I am here today thinking about quarantine stuff again. A lot of podcasters are currently talking about this topic. It's a big deal. Uh, someday I'll probably look back and these won't be super relevant in uh, the, the times, but at the same time, it's going to be a memory none of us are going to forget anytime soon. And these um, topics that I've been covering are still going to be relevant in the future. So if you're listening from the future, hello. Hopefully we all made it and it wasn't as bad as they said. It's a serious thing and we're all trying to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And that's how you should approach most things. Most of us are under either travel bans or reduced travel pleas from our uh, government. They want us to stay home. They want people only leaving if absolutely necessary. It's been kind of interesting to see who is considered a necessity. Um, obviously, factory workers, grocery store workers, um, obviously medical doctors and, and nurses and cleaning staff. And um, those, those things I think we all expected. There are some people whose jobs maybe didn't seem as necessary and it's kind of a surprise um, that they were needed to leave. Now obviously if you have a job that can be done at home there's a lot of businesses that are trying to move to a virtual um, platform. My husband's a teacher and they've all moved online and not every school has that ability so that's been a really nice um, positive part of this is that they've had their e-learning in place for about six years now and even though before they were only doing it during snow breaks um, they haven't had to completely stop. And, and some schools, like the other district in our area, is sending homework, as far as I understand, but they don't have the e-learning. And e-learning has just been really helpful. Um, Naya's been doing it. She's been able to connect with her class regularly. Um, the teachers have just gone above and beyond to try to get these kids um, still participating, still working towards things. Now, I come from a homeschooling background, so I haven't faced the fear that a lot of people have um, in dealing with my kids. It's a very comfortable territory for me. In fact, I really didn't want to send her to school this year. The reason I sent her was because she is just a social butterfly, and it was kind of coming down to the wire with my kids like to start early, so we usually do a couple years of preschool that isn't real serious. It's just a little bit of talking about letters and numbers, but a lot of interactive learning, coloring, things like that, and not a lot of sit-down time. It's just more me kind of mentally um, remembering to work on things with them. But once they get into kindergarten, we also do two years of kindergarten. And the reason why is because they want to start at like two and a half, and I'm not ready uh, to officially start them. Not, not that I'm not ready um, to work on things with them, but I don't want them graduating when they're 16. I want them graduating when they're 18. And so we push them until they're close to six before they go to um, their official kindergarten year. So with Naya, um, we had to kind of extend her learning to, and, and have her do kindergarten again just so that she was six in June and then she went to uh, kindergarten because I really want her to turn 18 and then go to her senior year of school. And she's pretty advanced. Um, she definitely could have gone into first grade. But I do not regret for a minute holding her back. I talked to so many people when I was trying to make that decision. 
Um, but that's not what this podcast is about, so I don't want to get too far off topic. Uh, and it's not that I am have a really strong topic, but I have plenty of bullet points to cover in my notes. And that means that I'm already probably going to be pushing my normal time. And I only have so much time because I got up early and I can hear my kids kind of starting to thump around, so I'm sure they'll be up soon. Uh, my kids aren't actually allowed to get out of bed until we let them get out of bed or they have their okay to wake clock and it turns green. It depends on the day. Right now, we've been having them just stay in bed. They can talk. They can kind of hang out until we're ready. It keeps all of us a little bit more sane because we don't have kids just running down here at 6 or 7 o'clock because sometimes that is when they wake up and it's real hit or miss. But that reduced travel has left a lot of us with kids at home. We, I, I kind of didn't think we did that much, and I've been surprised at how much it's cut down my time doing other things. So I teach a few times a week at different places, um, and obviously taking her to school is another trip. And then just the regular, um, maybe we have basketball on the weekends, or Nick has football things we're going to, or um, just just regular uh, errands that we were running just kind of to run them. I'm just kind of surprised at how much I was really gone. I guess I didn't really think about it a lot before and I am using this time home to really try to get some things done. And so the first couple of weeks I really focused on just cleaning projects and things that I had kind of been waiting to get done and just hadn't had a chance to do. I just thinned out all the kids toys and took a lot of them up to their playroom um, I need to go through those toys and, and hide a bunch of them, not hide, but like stick them in boxes in the attic. And then in a couple months, swap it out for something else. And that, that really, um, makes it kind of a fun new toy. I found that my kids play better when they have far fewer options. It just kind of overstimulates them when they have a lot of stuff and they have a lot of stuff. Anyone with kids, especially if you have grandparents that want to give them a bunch of things, it just adds up really fast. Like we have the things we want to give them really bad because, oh my gosh, this is so cute and they would get so much out of it. And then you always have aunts, uncles, and grandparents who also want to give them the fun things. And so it adds up really quick. And of course you love it, but it can kind of um, be counterproductive when they are trying to play and they're just kind of like swamped and, you know, drowning in toys almost. So um, that was a project I've started. I haven't finished but uh, it can be a little bit tough not to feel that anxiety or, or feel um, that boredom for a lot of people. I've seen so many people that are struggling uh, either because they kind of can't keep up with their kids or maybe they just don't know what to do with themselves. And I've also seen a lot of people who are taking this opportunity to really try to find ways to improve themselves. And for us, as long as we stay healthy, um, my goal is just going to be to keep focusing on things that we can do uh, that we wouldn't necessarily normally have time for. And maybe in the future, I will be trying to make sure I'm home more to get this stuff done. Um, I've definitely had more energy to get bigger projects done that probably would have been a little overwhelming before. So that's kind of nice. And it reduces that anxiety. I, I don't really face a lot of anxiety, honestly, or at least I don't think I do. I 
I sometimes read those anxiety checklists and I'm like, well, all these points apply to me, but I also don't have anxiety. So I'm not, I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm not super sure. I wouldn't say I have anxiety because I don't need to take anything for it and it doesn't really cripple my, my day to day. I don't know if that's the correct way to think about it. So when I read through everyone, you think everyone in the room is looking at you. Uh, yeah. Doesn't everybody think that? Uh, I've read, you think of what could be the worst thing that would happen and how things could go terribly wrong. Again, I feel like that's something everybody thinks about. And I tend to use that as a way to say, well, let me avoid worst case scenarios. You know, if I see my kid um, climbing into a stick pile in our backyard, my first thought is, well, he could slip and poke his eye or scrape up his face and we would have to go to the doctor and pay medical bills. And right now is a really bad time to want to go to the doctor. So let me just stop that right there. I don't feel like that's anxiety. I honestly feel like that's some red flags that help me with common sense, but I don't know. Um, some of the definitions I've read have made me wonder. I Obviously, we all have some level of anxiety. I think that's healthy. I know that there are people who can't even function on a regular basis without needing either medications or certain um, relaxation techniques and different things in their lives because it's that crippling. It makes it hard for them to do anything. And so I'm not get, you know, doubting that there's levels of it, but I don't, I really don't know if I have anxiety or not. I, uh, I think I have a normal amount of anxiety. Is that a thing? Um, but it, staying home can kind of amplify that because now you're thinking about maybe you're on your phone a lot and you're starting to read too much about what's going on. And, and that can be really unhealthy, really fast. Uh, you're either on your phone wishing you were doing what somebody else did, or you're reading too many articles and too much information when they just don't know. We don't know right now. And I do, I'm all about keeping up with some of it, but a lot of news outlets are going to swing one way or the other. And so they'll get you riled up about things that are kind of a perspective, you know, but as you're staying home, it's easy to get kind of caught into the anxiety and turn into a slight internet troll where you're reading everything and you're having a strong opinions on things you can't change. You know, I'm there's nothing I can do that would change how, you know, Indiana's governor views whether or not we should be working or staying home. I mean, obviously I could be writing him letters, but for the majority of things, me sitting there worrying about it isn't going to do anything. Me sitting there worrying about it isn't going to change whether or not we get sick here. But I can take certain actions to either make the most of my time or protect my family. And I think that if you've been following along, um, preparing you know, food and, and money so that you don't get into an emergency hardship right away, those things can help protect your family, um, keeping them healthy, getting them outside, giving them food, good food that... Um, will keep their body strong. Those are things I can do proactively to try to keep my family healthy. But now that we're facing this lockdown and it's kind of, we're, we're kind of past that initial, you know, uh, being proactive stage, not completely past it because we should still be focused on health, but we're at a point where we also need to be thinking about our mental health and how we can better our day to day just to, not only reduce our levels of anxiety and and what we're focused and and turn our focus to something good, but also when we come out of this, we could come out of this even stronger and ahead of where we're at if we take advantage right now. Um, I just ordered a pasta maker last night. It took me like I I am the worst at online shopping. There's just too many options, and I think I took like five days to order that thing. I knew what I wanted. I was looking for the price that I wanted, which is ridiculous because you think about five days of shopping, I definitely did not 
make up for the like $4 I ended up saving or whatever it was because I found a deal. And I didn't even get the deal that I originally wanted because Amazon has been acting nuts. Uh, and I, I don't know this on an official level, but I noticed last night that all of the cheap pasta makers took like a month to come. And all of the very expensive uh, pasta makers were going to take a few days. So I'm thinking that while they're prioritizing on need, I think they may be also possibly prioritizing on cost. I have only looked at pasta makers, so if other items are not that way, then I am sorry that I'm wrong. But I'm telling you that the $24 pasta maker I wanted all of a sudden wasn't available. I was going to get it in this weekend. I mean, if I bought it now and all of a sudden it wasn't available until the 24th and all the ones in that price range were the same way, April 24th. Like that is a long time for an Amazon, you know, delivery. Some of them were prime. Some of them were just for prime free shipping for prime members. And then when I looked at the $65 pasta maker, still a hand cranking pasta maker, nothing electric. If it was electric, I might consider $65, but the electric ones are like $130 or something like that. And I was like, eh, I can't crank it. I don't think I'm going to do it a ton. Uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll be addicted to homemade pasta, but, um, the expensive ones, the $65 ones, um, could be here by this weekend. So I'm not sure what's going on with that. It was really weird to me that it switched like that overnight because it wasn't like that yesterday or even the day before. Um, I was shopping a lot and I know those things, but I ended up ordering it from somebody on eBay. We'll see. I don't know. It's, uh, it's one of those things that I have wanted for a long time. This has really nothing to do with, uh, this pandemic. I'm not like worried. I'm not going to have pasta. I actually have tons of pasta right now. Um, I just, when I was growing up, my mom had a pasta maker and we didn't do it a lot, but, um, it was fun to make like Amish style noodles, uh, those old fashioned noodles. Um, I probably will figure out how to make certain kinds of like, I really like vegetable, um, pasta, like, like the spinach flavored routine or the tomato, um, based, uh, spaghetti so I'll probably be trying to find recipes for things like that uh, I think it's really cool to make your own pasta I don't think it's super practical but there's kind of that I love things that kind of get down to making things yourself so it's definitely right up my alley um, as far as uh, I make a lot of my own bread um, I'm gonna be making my own tortillas I love tortillas right now and they are sold out in the stores and even though I had a some a few packages over that I stored up over the last several weeks um, in the freezer so I'm still good with tortillas but I also want to start working on and making them because I'm sure that I can do that and this will be nice because I can flatten my dough easier um, with especially with noodles you want to be able to get that really thin dough and I'm not great with a rolling pin I can do it especially for like pie crusts or like you know sugar cookies but when it comes to getting it really th paper thin um, I am not as great as I probably need to be to get a good tortilla or pasta. So I bought this pasta maker and that's something, that's an example of something I'm going to do during this downtime and try to figure out a little bit if I have time. Um, we actually started painting our cabinets, uh, before the lockdown went into effect. We had gone to the store and finally just made our paint purchase to get cabinet colors. We got primer. We got the color we wanted. We made a quick decision. Um, we've been talking about it for months, maybe years now. 
uh, our cabinets are kind of orange wood color and our house was built in 1970 I believe and it's a really nice house built by a pretty famous local architect but it was pretty outdated as far like they updated random things but there was like a lot of wallpaper that we got rid of um, they kept a lot of the trim is all white but they kept a lot of the wood in like the kitchen and the bathroom cupboards and things so there's things like that that we've really wanted to update and just haven't had the time um, to dedicate to those projects so right now my kitchen is torn apart I have cabinets all over my family room that I'm going to need to put away before the kids come down um, they were I painted another coat of primer on them last night and they were drying um, but that's another project that we decided to do that's a bigger one I, I actually have been hearing that a lot of people are going to um, these um, home goods stores like Home Depot Lowe's home um, Menards, things like that, to get these projects started. And it's probably not the best idea. Like, we should be staying home, but I get it at the same time. Um, if you can make a quick trip and work on something important in your home, it can keep you home for days and days on end where you're not even tempted to go out because now you're trying to get these cabinets painted. You know, that's that's nice to be busy with something that you know you're going to appreciate. You know, after everything's said and done, this is a project we've been wanting to get done. Um, it's one of those projects that halfway through you're like, oh, we probably shouldn't have done this because, you know, then I feel like that with a lot of projects, you get halfway done and you realize how much work is left to do and maybe it will look terrible when you're done. But then if you keep pushing, I guarantee you'll turn the corner. I've, I've been, I was an art student and so I've faced that for a long time where halfway through I'm like, oh no, this is, this is going to be awful. Like if I don't get to that halfway point where I think it's going to be terrible, I'm probably not going to end up happy with the result because I think there's something in that halfway point where you move past a uh, potential where you're all excited, like this is going to be so great. And then you start to see the realities of all your mistakes and things that didn't go how you're expecting. And, um, you kind of hit that, that, oh my gosh, I have so much left to do. And what if it looks terrible? And so I got there yesterday with my cabinets. I was like, oh, this is streaky. This is a lot of coats left. And then we did a second coat of primer and that really helped. I'm feeling much better um, today as far as not having as much work to do. So maybe maybe two more coats, maybe just one. We'll see. I mean, of, of paint. We're moving on to paint today. So that will be nice. It's it's we're doing white, so it's not a super exciting project. You know, sometimes when you're doing like a bright color, you do those couple layers of primer that, you know, uh, you get a little excited, like, oh, we're going to do something. And then you do a layer of color and you're like, yes, this is what I was hoping for. But I've been so much more boring with this house. When, when we had our first house, I did every bold color under the sky. Like our bathroom was literally a peacock bathroom and the walls were teal and purple and everything was gold and peacock. And it was kind of fun. Um, but I definitely had to repaint that bathroom before we listed our house. Uh, and then I painted our living room as true to blue as I could. So I picked the most royal vibrant blue I could find and painted all four walls that color. And then I did all the accents in uh, gold, like gold pillows in the room. I had gold couches that my grandma had given me, gold picture frames with, with pictures of Italy that I had uh, gotten from a different grandma. And so different, um, I had all my bookshelves in there. It was, it was kind of that formal living room look. Our bedroom was a deep, um, uh, a deep maroon red color, uh, like kind of a wine, a little brighter than wine, but a very deep red, our whole bedroom that Nick's sick of that color. Like even today it's been, you know, 
what, five years or something. And he's still sick of that color. Uh, but we had every color in that house. And this house we came in and I was like, I'll put beige over there. How about a little bit darker tan over there? Uh, white, definitely all of this is white, you know, and so I'm going through just keeping everything these super neutral colors. The most exciting things we did were, um, I guess the kids' rooms are a little bit bolder, and our bedroom is a little bit bolder. It was Well, it's, it's pretty bold, but everything else just stayed super neutral, and so uh, I'm definitely uh, getting to be one of those older adults that has no fun in my decorating style, going for kind of more of the clean-cut but slightly eclectic look. Uh, I'm definitely an eclectic person. I like cluttery, um, patterny stuff. And Nick is definitely classic. He likes the clean lines and the modern um, items. So we've really had to mesh those styles. And um, it's kind of, you know, not necessarily an easy thing to mesh. I was the person that went to all the garage sales and the auctions and would find these like old mismatched um furniture and and decor de decoration stuff and old glass bottles that kind of stuff and Nick just hated it so I stopped going to those things and I've cut way down on the amount of things that I like down to I I've, I've decluttered to the point where it's like my favorite 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 things and it actually is really nice because it's still slightly eclectic um, but it is much more toned down and I feel like you know, when you're cutting that clutter, then you can kind of really appreciate the items you did keep. So I definitely learned that lesson. Um, I don't know if Nick's learned any styling house decorating lessons from me. I doubt it. Honestly, he doesn't tend to change his opinions easily. So uh, chances are he would tell you definitely not that he is the same today, yesterday and tomorrow. <laughs> but um we like to watch sometimes that the um, home renovation shows, and um, it's just kind of funny to watch couples try to come together and merge, mesh their styles because that's a very real thing, you know, especially if you marry anybody with any kind of opinion, which you find out that a lot of people have opinions, it, and it's all kinds of opinions. Maybe some people have the opinion that you just don't need to buy anything, and so keep it as cheap as possible, and other people have the opinion of, why can't we buy it new? Because, you know, I don't want somebody's used old junk and maybe it's a style thing. Some people like the clean lines or the classic lines or, you know, there's people who like the chic or the farmhouse or, you know, I mean, there's just so many options and sometimes your tastes are completely different ends of the spectrum, which can make it really interesting when it comes to uh, trying to combine uh, and plus then you throw in some a dog and some kids and man I mean we we have couches that we have just been dying to get rid of but at this point it would not make sense you know we're gonna shell out hundreds if not possibly thousands for a new sectional when the old one is barely functioning but also getting trashed daily it's definitely hideous and barely functioning. It's really uncomfortable, but I, when the kids are a little bit older and we don't let them like stand on the couch or anything, but still they're just messy. Uh, the other day, my uh, two-year-old came over to me and still somehow had peanut butter all over his hands. Like I wipe this kid down all the time. And I don't know how he stays as sticky as he does, but I mean, that got all over the wall and the couch. And so, you know, you can imagine the amount of mess that it, a house with four little kids and a dog uh, gets into. So, you know, some of our style is literally just functionality and not at all what we would choose to put here. So 
Um, you know, I find the angles for Instagram, so I don't have to feature the things I hate. So <laughs> if you're ever wondering why you don't see a broad sweeping view of my family room, that's why we're still working through functionality and we're not yet to a place where it's pretty. But someday, someday we will be to a place where it's pretty and I will be very sad because that means that my kids are old enough to have some sense and maybe, maybe even grown. So I'm, uh, you know, you know, enjoy it while it's here and then uh, try to not get caught up in what you can't have, right? Um, yesterday when we were painting cabinets, I was had my arm up and I kind of, the stool slid a little bit, not anything dramatic, but I caught my shoulder and it hurt really bad. And I, I think I, I, I like partially, when I was in uh, college, I dislocated my shoulder and popped it right back. Like I, I literally grabbed my arm and popped it back in and felt it slide all the way back in. Um, and it felt a lot like that, only it wasn't as dramatic. Like I don't think it came all the way out. It just kind of slid and it hurt like it was like a stinger. But the weirdest thing was is even after the pain started subsiding, my brain wouldn't shut off. Like it was freaking out. And I almost, it was like past thoughts. Like it, it wasn't me thinking like, oh, I've got to go. I might go to the hospital or the doctor. We can't, I don't want to pay for that. I, I definitely don't want to be in a medical place right now. Um, just because, you know, who knows what the lines are like and who knows what you know, I'd be exposed to. And, but I, I wasn't really thinking those kind of clear thoughts. It was just this weird, um, panic. I haven't felt it since I was young. When I was young, I got nonsensically afraid of blood. I would see blood and it was the weirdest reaction where I couldn't calm myself down. I would just like pass out. Like, and I didn't get like crazy high strung or anything. I just would see blood and I'd start to get nauseous and, and my vision would cloud and my hearing would go and I would just pass out. Like I actually passed out when I was 12 because I lost a tooth and there was blood in the sink and my dad was talking about blood and all of a sudden my vision started to go and I started to go limp and he looked at me and I'm green and I'm completely passed out. You know, he got me all the way to the kitchen or like the, the, yeah, the kitchen and sat me down in a chair and it was like five seconds before I woke back up. So I, and then after that, every single boy I knew would stick every single tiny little cut and scratch in my face. So that was wonderful, but it really wasn't so much when I saw it from other people as much as when I started to think about it for myself. So if I was watching a show on like surgeries, I would start thinking about how I would feel and that would, that would be hard. But if somebody, you know, cut themselves, especially if it was like a, especially if it was like a fast paced emergency, I would be able to act quickly and, and not be focused too much on like the blood and gore of it. But when I was in college, I would still get really woozy. And every time they had to stick me with a needle, I would just warn the nurse like, hey, I get kind of woozy about this stuff. Um, I don't know how I'll do, you know, and sometimes they would have to like lay me back on my back because I would start to get really dizzy and like, I, I feel like I'm going to pass out type, you know. And uh, when I was having kids, that kind of started to go away from me because I would get stuck so much. So with my first, I was taking um, progesterone shots. And so that was a daily shot. Getting over the needle part of it was real quick. And then I still struggled with like giving blood if I had to watch very much of it leave. But again, when you're when you're pregnant for four times in a row, they take a lot of blood. So um, I kind of just got over that. And then I started um, donating plasma and they take blood and they actually filter it back in. And 
I didn't know how I would do with that, but I found out that I was pretty much over it. You know, I, I that doesn't even make me feel weird when they stick me. I don't love getting stuck, but I just don't. Um, it does. I don't think about it as much anymore. So that that's kind of nice to know that I've moved past that. Well, yesterday when I hurt myself, it was like being right back in that place. Like I could not um, calm down until I laid on my back and put my knees up, and all of a sudden, you know, finally my blood pressure or whatever it was that just freaked out. Um, it calmed down and I got back to normal, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a weird experience. I think I like was starting to have almost like a panic, a self-induced panic attack because I just realized like, I do not want to pay right now, all the things that I want to do and, and things I need to pay for, I do not want to pay for a doctor visit because I was painting cabinets. So, um, yeah, that was, that was fun. But back to things that, um, we've been doing around here that are extra. Um, I've seen so many people walking around the neighborhood. I, now I'm home. I feel like a lot. So, um, I know our regulars, they're still out there, but I'm now seeing lots of people trying to get out, especially if it's at all decent, but even when it's not, I'm seeing older people jogging. I'm seeing younger people with their kids out biking, out walking. And that's kind of cool. That's a, that's a good way to get out of the house. Um, they're encouraging outdoor activity right now. We're far enough, we're spaced far enough apart that it is not considered um, uh, anything too close. It's still social distancing when you're walking around. Um, we've been pushing our kids outside a lot, especially if the weather's at all decent. Um, I already do that anyways, so that's not super unusual. But um, they, uh, at some point, we may you know, take them on walks and, and bikes and stuff, but that just requires us also doing it. So, uh, we'll see. Um, because usually when they're outside, I can get projects done inside or outside and, and not have to focus completely on what they're doing. But, um, it's been kind of nice to do more things with the kids than normal, but I'm as a stay at home, uh, mom, and I kind of, I mostly work from the home. Um, I already do a lot of stuff regularly with them. So I'm not, feeling as the difference as much. Nick um, has been home a lot more than he normally is during the school year. And so that's kind of been nice. He has been reading The Wizard of Oz to the kids and it is so funny. It's the first, well, I started reading the Treehouse books to them, um, the Magic Treehouse, um, like last year and, and every once in a while we read a book at night. And that was the first time they got into chapter books where the story was kind of ongoing. And now he's reading The Wizard of Oz, um, and they are so into it. It's hilarious. Um, the other day they found out that I had read it already, and they, I guess they didn't know that. And they were like, you've met Oz? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, whose book do you think that you're reading, you know? And um, they are like, so they all get what they want, right? And I was like, oh, no. Like, I like to tease them, and when, especially when I know that they're going to know I'm teasing. Um, and I said, oh, no, everybody dies. Oh, wait, you haven't gotten to that part yet? And they said, Mom, everybody gets what they want. They meet Oz and everybody, you know, so they were really into that story. They, um, they were, like, all freaked out about the witch, too. But I think now they've gotten past Oz. I'm, I, I heard something about an air balloon, and I think they even got past the part where he uh, left them, which maybe I'm spoiling the story for you. So if you haven't read it in years, it's kind of a fun book. It's a great book for like five and six. Um, that's how old my oldest two are. The, the three-year-old pays pretty good attention, but the five and six-year-old are really into it. And they ask daily, like he reads usually over lunchtime, a couple chapters every once in a while bedtime. 
We moved clay into their bedroom. That was another project that we've gotten done. So, so there are definitely things you can do that are free or you already have at your home. So you don't have to leave, you know, reading a book to your kids or um, taking time to do something you really don't want to do, like move your baby out of your their crib. I was at the doctor's appointment a few weeks ago for his uh, two-year-old checkup. And the doctor said, you know, he's asking all the questions about what he's up to. And he said, you know, you might want to move him out of the crib. At some point, he's going to start trying to climb out and you, they can break their clavicle. And I was like, oh, I knew this was coming with all the other ones that kind of just got shoved out of the crib because the next one needed it. So when they're around two or 18 months, depending on the kid, um, they were moving to a bed not by choice, but because we did not want to buy two cribs. And, um, with Clay, he's a little over two now. And I was just kind of like, you know, do I really want a two year old running around, uh, acting like he doesn't understand instructions, you know, but I went ahead and moved him to the big kid's room for nighttime nap time. I'm still putting him in his crib because sometimes we have little rebels up there that are trying to not sleep and he needs the sleep. He actually often sleeps four or five hours instead of just the two hours for the nap. So we definitely don't want him off of a nap schedule because that would result in the grouchiest two-year-old in the world. And I, I strongly believe sleep is good for them. So um, I try to keep them napping as much as possible. And the other ones are supposed to nap, but sometimes usually it's my three-year-old that's protesting naps and he also needs sleep. So that's, you know, I, I just haven't given in. I'm like, nope. We're napping, and technically, sometimes it's a quiet time, but they don't get extra stuff up there because I do want them to sleep. At some point, um, I wouldn't mind moving them to quiet time, but the problem is when you have kids so close together, they all think that they should do what the next one above them is doing. So if I let my daughter stay down here, yesterday she stayed down here and did her last day of e-learning before spring break. Um, they had their Zoom meetings were kind of during nap time. You know, my sons don't love it when that happens because they kind of think they should be able to also stay up and do things. And then if I let one of my sons, you know, my my five-year-old stay up, then the three-year-old gets really crushed. Like he's just been completely left out and it's going to kind of be a battle if I want them to do different things. And that has stopped me from having the older ones stop taking naps because the younger ones need them and I don't know. It's not super fair, I guess, but um, I probably should be potty training my two-year-old, but I really am not looking. Like, potty training is probably the worst thing I've done as a parent. I'm sure it's going to get worse at some point. Uh, I thought it would be like dealing with the flu. It's not. It's been potty training. I hate it. it it's the worst. Uh, every kid is super different, but every kid has made it really hard in some way or another. My easiest one was my five-year-old now. Like he, at the time he was not even three and he wanted to potty train really bad and he only took about a week. So he was super easy to be honest. He never struggled with nighttime problems. He never um, struggled with, with daytime after he was potty trained. But oh man, it's just, it's, it's, you never know. And my first and my third were just so hard. And I have a feeling that the fourth, based on his personality, is going to be super hard. Uh, he is very smart, just like he's he's a mini Naya. So my oldest uh, is very smart, and she took a full year of me basically setting a timer 
every 20 to 30 minutes. And if I didn't, she was definitely peeing in her pants. Um, did not matter. Didn't matter if it was her underwear. Didn't matter if it was the floor. She just didn't care. She was on kind of a power trip, not so much trying to, um, take the power from me because she would go as soon as I asked her, but it was, she was convinced, I think, that she could control her body and just will herself to never pee again. And it was the longest passive aggressive battle I've ever had because nobody was really in direct rebellion. I mean, she wasn't like trying to defy me, but we, if I didn't stay really organized and on time, uh, she just did not have any, any sense of responsibility. I mean, she was three and a half before she potty trained and, oh, it was just, it was, it was long. I thought she was going to be able to potty train at like a year, 18 months because she was so um, smart and she was a pretty like orderly, clean kid that followed instructions. I just, all the things that you would expect someone to definitely get potty training and she just did not, it took, it took so long. And, you know, I've kind of gotten to that point with Clay where I'm like, you know, you can just stay in diapers till college. At some point you'll probably figure it out. Lately he's been pulling on his diaper and saying he doesn't want the diaper on. And so I've been taking the opportunity to say, well, if you don't want the diaper on, um, you need to go in the potty. And he said, um, no. (laughs) So I already know it's going to be a fight. He doesn't like the potty. He doesn't, he looked in the bathroom. He knew exactly what I meant. He really doesn't love the idea of, of that. And I have a feeling he's going to be a lot like Naya where he's just trying to say he just, he can just walk around without a diaper. Also, he could just not go to the bathroom. She used to tell me things like, um, I don't need to, you know, I'd say you need to go to the bathroom. Oh no, I don't need to. I went Wednesday. Like Wednesday was like last week, you know? So she had no, no sense of responsibility when it came to potty training for the longest time. But I've been trying to get off my phone more. Um, I tend to do a lot of work that's online. So I'm on the phone, like either doing work or, um, like I just scroll Facebook a lot and I have just been like trying to be mindful of that and like set down the phone for large chunks of time during the day where I'm just not really on it. I still, I, it's, it's kind of hard because I need it close enough that if somebody needed to get a hold of me, you know, especially right now that I would be able to hear it and get it. But I also don't want to be, you know, inundated with notifications. There was one point where a couple years ago where I just took off the Facebook app and um, I don't even think I really did Instagram at that point. But I took off my Facebook app so that I could whenever I wanted to do Facebook, I just had to do it on my computer. And that slowed down how much I uh, did. It slowed down a lot how much I was scrolling through my newsfeed. But it made it really hard to post things, and I post a lot of things for my, especially for my um, my relatives, and so I just went back to posting, and I don't know, I've been kind of trying to decide if I should be deleting the app again, just because it's, it's just a time waster, and uh, sometimes that's nice when you're sitting in traffic by yourself waiting on a train, but a lot of times it's just a time waster, and so... Um, I've been trying to set down the phone like off to the side and, and like take a break, like a purposeful break. I get less, um, sidetracked when I'm on my laptop. I don't know why that's the way it is, but my phone, it just seems like everything's right there and it's a small screen. And so I get uh, a little bit more of that anxiety, um, where like, I'm just kind of in a stressed mode if I'm on my phone for too long. Like if I start feeling really stressed, about nothing I know it's probably because I'm on my phone too long like there's something about 
trying to do work and trying to browse that my phone will um, get me to that tense place faster. So I, um, if I get to that point, then I'm definitely setting it down and trying to stay away from it. Um, the kids think that they call everything the sickness and it's been kind of hilarious except for like my three-year-old kept saying I have the sickness you have the sickness we all have the sickness and I was like yeah you definitely are not going out in public for a long time um yesterday he was chasing around I he kept calling it a spider but it was actually an ant like he found some ant in our house and was chasing it around and telling the spider that he was going to give him the sickness because he wasn't, and, you know, screaming at the spider because he wanted him to listen to him. I, I'm not really sure what he was telling him to do, but he was he was cursing him with the sickness whenever he wasn't listening. I think he wanted him to, like, follow him and go find food or something. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, I would say that the sickness is making us crazy, you know, this being cooped up. But it's not. It's just a three-year-old. That's he's just nuts. He has always been nuts. I I was in the bathroom one time about to, or I was going into the bathroom about to use the bathroom and he followed me right in and he and I turned around and I was like, dude, like can I have a minute? And he <laughs> sits down and backs and says, I'm going to Africa. And I was like, did you say Africa? And he like just he was just the most angry. Like he would get these wildly irrational anger uh, bouts for no reason. Like I'm just asking him a question and then he glares at me and he's he has one shoe in the box. And I said, well, where's the other shoe? It's not coming. I was like, OK, what are you doing in Africa? And he said, I'm not telling you. And he snatched up his box and like stormed out of the bathroom. And and then I'm just like, what just happened? This is the my, you know, my three year old is just that kind of a kid, you know, you never know what's exactly happening there. But um, anyways, I'm, I'm trying to get more projects done. I have so many projects that are on my list, uh, journals to do and backing up my pictures on my computer and printing pictures that I haven't printed yet for the walls and, and painting things. Like I have so many paintings that I want to get done at some point. Um, so I'm no matter how long we're stuck here, uh, I have a project list that will never end, I'm sure. So that can be good. It doesn't make this a great situation, but there can be a silver lining here. And I think that um, hopefully we can use this time period to like find ways to better ourselves so that when we're back to normal, you know, we have these extra big things done. As a teacher's wife, he often has different hours during Christmas and during the summer. And that means that we try to get a lot, a lot of big things done during those times. Um, it's, he's not completely off a lot of times, like during Christmas he's off, but during the summer he usually picks up like summer school and he has coaching and stuff. But you know, just that mentality of like, oh, we have some downtime. Let's get a lot of things. Let's get something big done. Um, we don't do a lot of vacations right now. So that's always kind of been the mentality is when he's off, you know, spring break or whatever, let's get something done. And so that kind of has helped because having some downtime, like our natural response is like, okay, what are we going to get accomplished during right now? Because we have some downtime. Remember that it's really good for your kids to be bored. Like this is not a time where you need to keep yourself or your kids like entertained at all times. Um, you can get so much more done and you can access a whole other level of creativity when you just don't have things screaming at you. You know, whether it's a device, I'm, I'm kind of really against devices and not because I think parents who use them are terrible, not because 
I think that they're horrible things. It's just, if you look at kids who are on devices, they just, they're being fed information the whole time. And I get it. I get the draw of just sticking a tablet in a kid's hand. I'm not judging you for doing it. I'm not, I promise. It's just that for my kids, I've also experienced when I've shoved them out the door and said, no, I'm not giving you anything extra. Just go play. And at first they're like, oh, it's just, no, we don't have any. But once they get past the whining, um, and my kids don't even complain about it now. I mean, they, they may be a little bit like, oh, if I tell them that they can't ride their bikes or something. But for the most part, they will go out and figure out how to, like, plant trees, you know, and it's really sticks. Or build little ant homes. Or, I mean, I've seen them doing the most ridiculous uh, they they were hunting moths all last summer, like, you know, because they found out these white moths are really bad for the garden. So they were like moth hunters, you know, just finding things that um, keep them entertained. And it ends up being this great imagination tool. And so I just want to close this with saying, like, treat yourself the same way. Like, we don't have to be entertained all the time. We don't have to keep ourselves busy with, like, doing stuff as much as, like, taking the opportunity to kind of let ourselves find that place of rest, um, get a little bit bored, maybe get some really good, helpful projects done, knocked off our list. That's great. Um, but don't feel like you need to be there entertaining your kids 24 seven. I think it's actually better for them when they have to face their own boredom and come up with ideas to, to get out of that themselves. It's not that I I'm saying be bored, you know, but it's okay to, to not have something planned for them for the day. Um, and then it's okay for some days to have something planned. I do have some projects that I want to do with them, you know, some different art projects and learning projects and games and stuff. Um, but it's okay not to have those things too. And it, it isn't a bad thing to, to put them in that place where they have to entertain themselves because, you know, that goal isn't necessarily boredom, but being bored isn't a problem because it will get you to a place where you're solving that issue, you know, for yourself. And meditation's another good thing. Um, not like necessarily meditation, I guess, but just that quietness of mind and just having the kids stop and focus on being on being mindful, being quiet for five minutes, three minutes, whatever the amount of time is, just sitting there, literally closing their eyes, not being allowed to do or say anything. Um, that can be kind of nice too. Uh, a lot of times Nick will give them like a mint or like a piece of candy just to like, and then the only thing that they're allowed to do is have that piece of candy in their mouth and be quiet and close their eyes. They're not even allowed to open their eyes. And it's not a punishment at all. It's, it's just like saying like, Hey, let's get our brains focused and let's, you know, calm down and, and, and just, um, take that mental break. Uh, not just for them. It's definitely a mental break for us too. So maybe that's a little selfish, but I, I do notice that those things help, um, them, you know, access those parts of the brain that maybe they naturally don't jump right to, you know, because we, we tend to be creatures that like that entertainment. And when we're constantly being fed entertainment, you know, our, we scroll through our newsfeed and it's just thing after thing after thing. You don't have to do a lot of thinking and you will still exhaust your brain. And so that's not really necessarily a good thing. Our kids, if they were allowed to, would just sit and watch, you know, TV all day. And that's not a good thing. So don't, feel like you have to be constantly entertaining them and and if you push past that little bit of whining and a little bit of them not appreciating what you're doing uh, I think you do get to a place where it, it can be really great and hopefully you're getting a lot done right now I know obviously there's still people who are working long shifts I talked about that on my last podcast like 
I know people who are working 11 hour shifts, seven days a week. And I really feel for those people. But um, I also think that it's good for us to be focused on how we can help other people right now and how we can uh, stay busy doing things that better ourselves in our community. I think that's huge. Um, and hopefully that is encouraging to you. Um, thanks for sticking around. I will talk to you next podcast.